Send a powerful message to those people who live in the past and tell them no more business as usual and no more repeat performances because we're going to make America great again. Hey everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Two Noobs Talking. It's episode 40, and since this is a huge milestone for our homegrown podcast, we thought we'd throw in an additional noob, and for just this one time, we're going to call this Three Noobs Talking, <laughs> uh, with my good buddy and, my, of course, my regular co-host, John Tracy, living in the Badlands of Texas. John, what's going on, man? How are you? Going on, Matt. How are you? I'm doing good. And, of course... Joining John is my other good buddy, uh, and of course our resident third noob, uh, looking pretty dapper there in his hat and shades, Mr. Steve Murray, uh, living in the suburban woods of Philadelphia. Steve, how are don't, you this afternoon, sir? Don't use my real name. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in witness protection after last week's episode. <laughs> Tom, nice. Tom Brady put out a, a bounty after John... Um, talked about wanting fat dudes to sit on him so <laughs> my name is illinois smith <laughs> <laughs> illinois smith well thank you for joining us Lost cousin of lovey smith apparently exactly exactly i'm of course matt craig back here in my palatial bunker condo estate whatever uh here after a week off of course uh, we're happy to have you with us as always we have a lot to get to including i understand that uh, while I was away, uh, I was given a homework assignment on Dougie Waite and where he actually played in the National Hockey League. Uh, the thought process was, oh, wait a minute. I don't think he's played for any other teams with blue jerseys. That can't be right. Well, it's incorrect. He has played for non-blue colored teams before. Carolina and Anaheim, which I think shocked the two of us. Well, actually, the three of us, really. When we found out that he was in Carolina, and well, uh, Carolina used to be a blue team, yes, used to be, yeah. Bring yeah. back the Whalers. <laughs> exactly. And Anaheim, Anaheim's a Mickey Mouse organization. Bring <laughs> back the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> exactly. So, gents, uh, great to have you with us as always. Um, but let's get right into the first topic. Let's talk about this um, this bike crash that happened. Um, Yo, in the Tour de France, I think it was within the first couple of stages, if I'm correct, on this and what I'm showing on screen. Our audio listeners don't have the benefit of this, but it is this woman who is on the side of the road holding up a sign as the bikers are coming barreling down the road and bam! One biker goes down, two bikers go down, three bikers go down, and everybody falls down. It is an utter disaster. As you can see, everything got all jammed up. Everyone had to get off the road, stop their bikes going probably about 40 miles an hour. It's not easy to do when you don't have any brakes on. <laughs> um, the woman has since been, she fled the country. She has since been arrested and is awaiting trial on this. Quite an amazing scene in the Tour de France. Wanted to get your thoughts, and I'll start with John. John, what are your thoughts on this, man? That's an utter cluster. Uh, wow, that's amazing. I'm just going to let Steve go with it. because <laughs> That's the first time I've seen it. So. Yeah. 
I'm still taking that in of a bunch of people laying on the ground because of a cardboard sign. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Steve, what are your thoughts? Go ahead. This is a perfect representation mm. of what is wrong with the world today. Mm-hmm. People just not giving a shit about what's going on around them, what's happening. It's all about, I want my five seconds on that back of the Jeep camera so that grandma and grandpa will see that I was at the Tour de France instead of just taking the event in, which the, the you know, the Tour de France actually used to mean something. Now it doesn't. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, now not even close, yeah. Can, can, I, can I make a, make a point of exactly what you're talking about? It's the same thing of, of the golf stuff. Yeah. Where when they tee off the ball, someone goes, get in the hole. You're just being an idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I see where your point is with that. Like that, that just came to mind as soon as you said that. It's, a, it's the fan, the fans are trying to take over the sport for their own. And that's, it, it, whatever happened to just going to a baseball game, getting a hot dog, getting a beer and watching it. It really is amazing being over there in yeah. Europe. The, the roads are extremely close, uh, you know, not only within the countryside, but also within the urban areas as well. Having lived in the Netherlands for seven weeks out of my life, I know this, um, and they're tight. And, you know, that was, I mean, there's no guardrails on that road. It's just basically a one-way street, and you're going down this one stretch of the road here, and everybody knows it's part of the Tour de France layout. Mm-hmm. And for this woman, I, Steve, I think your point is so well stated. She is hogging the entire thing out of the camera. All of a sudden, your main focus isn't on the bikers. It's on the woman. It's and that fly. cardboard sign that is like hanging out over the side of the road. Uh, not just the sign. If you look at the video, she is like half. She's got her foot out on the road. She yeah. Her arm is holding the sign. Why? Yeah why yeah and i mean these bikes let's let's be straight these are not bmx bikes these are fiberglass bikes that basically you're going one way mm-hmm. you do not have braking ability at least i don't know that I glenn would know oh, obviously I, I i used to uh ride hmm. racing bikes like that um not to this level mine, mine were steel and it was it, they were heavy like but i knew guys that were running you know these fiberglass bikes that could break in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Well, but they have they have brakes. So light. Yeah, but, I mean they, they, this this is what they call the 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 peloton, not the you know yeah yeah hoity toity bikes that you see advertised on TV. But the actual peloton is mm-hmm. the group of riders who are in this big mob. Even if that guy in the lead had braked, the guy behind him is Can't. so close, yeah. going at such a rate of yeah. speed. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to break. You know, it's it's basically like tailgating. Right? Yeah. If he didn't fall, <laughs> someone else would have fallen. Like, yeah. Well, that, he did. He did. He fell and, you know, that it started a domino. And there's a chain reaction. Yeah. I think they said it was one of the worst crashes ever in the history of the Tour de France. And, you know, the woman basically just fled the country and that finally she's going to get prosecuted. I, I actually do have, I've re-queued the clip. Uh, and again, I'll show it on screen here. And Steve, you're exactly right. I'm going to slow this down as I share my screen here one more time. Um, it is it is an astonishing crash because you're exactly right. If you look right here, she's got her foot right on the road. 
in the lower left corner of the screen here. And her left arm is sticking out. And her left arm is sticking out. That has got to be at least, I mean, that sign, you're holding it probably about right here. And it's mm -hmm. sticking out over. It's unbelievable. She is just completely oblivious. Yeah, the fact that this biker goes, where is he going to go? There is no place for him to go. To go. Yeah. He either veers into the grass and takes out the spectators, or he veers to his left and takes out the guys in the lead of the, just, of the race. Just for, for, for point of reference, if you see these two guys, the two in the yellow, the one that's going to fall, yep. look how close they are together. Oh, yeah. They're almost touching. Very much yep. so. And I mean, right there, you could just see, I just slowed it and stopped it for maybe about a second. Yeah. He's got nowhere to go. No, he's in no man's nowhere land. to go. Yeah, he's in no man's land. Yeah, and you could even see even along the sides of the road, the the people are just standing there. It really is. I really don't know how a major cycling competition like the Tour de France has gotten. I don't want to say gotten away with something like this, but where's the crowd control? Where are the ropes? Well, you, know, you I, see that all the time with like, you know, if you've got a massive crowd or something like but, that. But that's also that's also it's not it's not more or less a where how the, it's organized. It's where's the respect for the sport? Agreed. It's just there for yourself, like Steve yeah. was saying, like it's a respect for the sport. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't run up on Tiger Woods when he's not like he can hit a golf ball at this point but you know anybody phil mickelson you wouldn't run up run up with a sign and be like look check out my youtube channel mm -hmm. while he's in his backswing mm -hmm. why would you do it for it's for a cyclist it makes well, no sense to i mean in defense of the tour you know each stage is like 100 miles at yeah. least you, you know you're not there is no possible way in hell you're going to be able to rope off 100 miles worth of of road yeah every uh, yeah that's a good point. You don't know how fast they're going. And again, I'll just play this. They could finish it quicker than normal. I mean, and look at bang. I mean, uh, that guy's head. My God. Yeah. yeah. He needs criminal charges for that. Because that what if what if that bike what if that bike would have fell on his head? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, it hit him hard, but it could have been worse. There it, was at least one major injury out of the riders. Mm -hmm. Thank sure. God only one. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't. That that was the story I read was uh, recently. Now that she's been arrested, uh, the tour is not going to, I think, pursue legal action. Mm -hmm. um, but she will be tried. It looks like in October or something. Okay. By the by the the you know French um, judicial system, mm. and they said that the guy who was injured seriously and had to pull out of the race may sue. May sue her as well. I don't. I don't blame him. No. I mean, this is, this is, I saw a statistic a couple of years ago now, um, and I could probably find it again if I need to prove it, but mm -hmm. I saw something that said there, uh, you know, they tally causes of death every year and you had, um, there were more deaths related to trying to take a selfie than there were shark attack deaths in a year. That would not shock me. It would not shock me either. That literally People, wouldn't shock me. People all. leaning over the Grand Canyon and falling in, mm -hmm. stupid crap like that. It's like, mm -hmm. wow. Well, wow. you, I, I remember just getting a pizza last night, guys. I was coming back on the way from the pizzeria, and there was a guy on a bike, on a BMX bike, mm -hmm. didn't have his hands on the handlebars, and what is he doing? He's texting. Nice. nice. In the middle of the road, he's texting on his bike... <laughs> 
and not gripping the handlebars. It was amazing. And I had to slow down and make sure that he was okay yeah, you know, yeah. to be a defensive driver. But it's shocking. It shocked me to see this, that he would rather text than put his hands on the handlebars. Okay, I've got to control this bike. I think what are we phone, doing? Mobile what phones are, are probably the worst invention of the last They are the, They are absolutely the worst invention. Greatest, greatest thing I saw on my trip to Houston, hmm. uh, driving into Houston, there's a sign that says, do not text and drive. And yeah. the next sign that flips after do not text and drive is report all incidents to this phone number. Hmm. So don't pick your phone up, but pick your phone up. Yeah. That, that, that's literally no. what like, Yeah. Oh, like, get on that cell phone and report it. <laughs> but don't text and drive. But don't text and drive. <laughs> it's like, what's happening here? Oh, well, my here's gosh. my question. If, uh, if I'm leaning over the rail of my boat to take a selfie of myself and a shark, and then I fall in and the shark eats me, how does that get attributed to the statistics? Yeah. Well, is that a selfie-related death, or is that a shark attack? So we got to get to Dr. Fauci on this one, because it would, would it be a shark attack death, or would it be a <laughs> idiot motorboat death? I, I don't know. So we have precedent. Was he wearing a mask, or was he double-wearing a mask? No, I don't we have, know. We have precedence because the dude in Massachusetts that wrapped his- Got swallowed by a whale. Around a tree, died of COVID. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> wow. That whale story was great. I, I love that. Yeah, dude, that, that was, was that was all I wanted was a dude eaten by a whale and spit back out. <laughs> and you know what? Well, I got it. I and after I guess you know when you work hard, when you that's work a Jonah hard, chapter ten like in the Bible, by the way. Get a whole segment apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's of the same ilk as this woman at the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. you know. No, yeah. you're right. You're 100. percent It's right. all about me. It's all about my, you know, getting on camera. I think again, Steve, you had a great point. It's all about me. Get on the camera. I'm gonna make an. I don't care if I make an ass of myself. I'm holding up a sign saying hi to my grandma and grandpa, with no regard to anybody on the tour that's competing their hearts out to win this cycling event. I'm gonna make a complete fool of myself and do this. And it's like, oh my gosh. And now be subject to legal action. Yeah. My, I mean, uh, my advice to everybody is just start a YouTube channel and make an ass out of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> Why can I, can't you? <laughs> can I give a special can I give a special uh F you to those people who sit at baseball games talking on the phone to find out when they're on screen and then they realize they're on screen and wave. Yes. Uh, yes. Those people those yeah. people deserve a special punch in the face. Yes. Absolutely. There was like, I'll never forget. There was one set of, I think there were like eight girls that were there, all college age girls, and all they're doing is texting. In the oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> okay. You got stuff to do. You got, you got things to plan. They're only taking it's selfies of each other. What are you game, doing, man? man? Yeah. It is definitely not, not cheap to go to a It's not cheap game. to go to a baseball game. Why are you going to waste it, like going on your phone? It's, yeah. Just go to the mall or something like that and then take your selfie or whatever. whatever. Go to the Tour de France. And... Yeah, exactly. And hold out a sign and not Exactly. Go. Exactly. <laughs> Well, let's turn uh, that way. Let's uh, let's turn a page. Let's go a little poli- uh, a little politics here. Uh, Johnny, yes, Bill Maher had something interesting to say, didn't he, my friend? Yes, yes. Uh, Matt, please queue up this video. This is live reaction for uh, Matt and Steve. I hope you guys haven't seen Illinois. <laughs> we definitely wanna. We definitely want. I want your guys' opinion, and I have my own opinion about it. So no let's doubt. So let's go ahead and just play it. Media aspect of this, because I find this outrageous. Facebook banned. Any post 
for four months about COVID coming from a lab. Of course, now even the Biden administration is looking into this. Right. Google, a Wall Street Journal reporter asked the head of Google's health division, noticed that they don't do, do autofill searches for coronavirus lab leak the way they do it for any other question. And the guy said, well, we want to make sure they're the search isn't leading people down pathways that we f would find to be not authoritative information. Well, you were wrong, Google and Facebook. Right. We don't know. The reason why we want you is because we're checking on this shit. He said, we want to ensure the first thing users see is information from the CDC, the WHO. That's who I'm checking on. The WHO's been very corrupt about a lot of shit, and the CDC's been wrong about a lot of shit. This is outrageous that I can't look this information up, and now they're doing it with this drug ivermectin. They threw Brett Weinstein off YouTube, or almost. They, he's one strike away. YouTube should not be telling me what I can see about ivermectin. Ivermectin isn't a registered Republican. It's a drug. <laughs> well, I don't know if it works or not, and a lot of other doctors don't either. This dovetails into the monopoly thing, though. If you didn't have such control over, 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 I mean, searches, for example, this wouldn't be as much of an issue because if you didn't go to Google, you could go somewhere else. And you can go somewhere else. But when you have a market, what, what is it, 90% Google controls the searches? Like yeah, I mean, at that point, this is a function of the monopoly. When it becomes the word for doing it, you have a monopoly. Right. Yes. You know. Yeah, and it's like People if you don't say, I'm going to bing something. No. It's like if you only had one newspaper, right? right. I mean, and then that newspaper has all sorts of responsibilities if they're the, the law of the land or the, or the official word. So, yeah, it's a function of the monopoly. All right. Yeah, that was uh, an interesting two minutes. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I mean, my initial reaction to that, John, is, I mean, of course, you and I have talked about this mm -hmm. ever since we launched Two Noobs back in October. And, and really... I'm not surprised. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, Google, Facebook have held a monopoly on this for a long time. And it's about time people started pushing back on this. There's no question. I, I cannot believe I'm agreeing with Bill Maher on his, on his show, but he is 100% right. It is important to gather as much information as you possibly can when it comes to something like a pandemic. You cannot filter searches that go to only one specific organization because if that organization is corrupt guess what your data is corrupt and you can't trust it down the road and that's a problem that is a massive massive problem that we have and it's again the flow of ideas i think what makes again i want to say like america really special is the fact that people come with different ideas and thoughts and suggestions and concerns and grievances and all that kind of stuff and it's important that they bring those concerns and questions and and thoughts and all that kind of stuff to the public square so that that way they can at least be heard and when you have a tech monopoly that basically says nah we're not going to let you go down this road that's a huge issue i'm sorry it's a humongous problem i think that was very well stated steve what are your thoughts on that video yeah i completely agree um it's uh i mean he's right and i uh, i find myself really <laughs> enough agreeing more and more with bill maher even though that he's he's a little left for my politics but uh mm -hmm. you know he he's he's right i mean it, you know when when you talk about freedom of speech only applies to the government the government can't 
restrict speech. But so the only times when they can limit speech is like when you're, you know, trying to incite violence or extreme you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think when you have monopolies like Google and Facebook and things like that, I think they should treat things the same way. I mean, I, I have no problem with them shutting down, you know, an ISIS Facebook page that's, you know, death to the infidels and things like that. But yeah. uh, or, or white supremacist, white supremacists who, you know, kill black people. Yeah, shut them mm-hmm. down. They, they shouldn't be doing that. But, yeah. you know, to 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 for them to decide what's what's correct information and what's incorrect information yeah no that's that can't be happening that kind of crosses a line because again it goes to a administrative state policy where it's like Mm -hmm. i'm going to make sure that these amounts of searches are not going to be accessed by the public because i don't agree that's not again that's not their call to make that is the american people's call to make at the end of the day and that's where you have open and honest discussion john what are your thoughts on this brother it's very uh agenda ridden for me Mm -hmm. because of what what you guys are absolutely right what he was talking about that i found very interesting well not the the other guy i don't know i apologize i don't i didn't catch his name because i didn't Mm. i don't watch his show like i don't Mm -hmm. like bill maher at all but wow uh it's stunning yeah yeah, yeah, he's like, that's literally like Bryce Harper being a right-handed hitter. <laughs> that's the only analogy I can come up with. <laughs> it's like, wait, a minute, what's going on here? That I put him on the, I put him on normally, just mm-hmm. to find out where I'm not going. Yeah. Same thing with Bongino. Like I put mm-hmm. them both on because they are so left and right. I like, okay, what do I disagree with today, kinda? In the politics, what do I need to what do I need to read in the middle? Mm-hmm. And for him to like hit dead in the stomach on what I think I've been talking about for a long time. Oh yeah, it blows my mind. It it makes me feel like the country's kind of coming together in the positive aspect because we're standing up, going whether you're left or right, going nope, this isn't working like, this anymore. Isn't good, yeah, this is not good. It really is amazing, you know, because, again, I think all three of us are coming to a definite consensus here that we don't watch Bill Maher because we don't agree with his politics. But it is amazing to see that within the last six months, Maher is basically saying, look, you guys are so you're now to the left of me and you're so out there that I don't even know who you even are anymore. And I'm referring to the Democrats basically right now. Yeah, because that's weird. Because he is, he is and a, big tech and all of these, you know, yeah. conglomerations. But it's stunning. I would, I totally agree with you, John. It's like, what, what is happening that we're agreeing with Bill Maher? It's like, is there a new American? I don't know. I don't know what to make of all this. One more for you. I got one more for you. Instead of instead of Luke Skywalker falling, he just like, yo, I'll join you, bro. I got you. <laughs> and we'll just roll the galaxy. That's what it's like. It's that. It's that upsetting. Yeah. It legitimately to you got to look at it because I don't want to watch Bill Maher, but I got to look wait, at it. He's starting what, to make sense. Yeah. What's upsetting? What he said, or that he you agree with him? That I agree with him because I had these ideal politics. I knew where I stood. Now I got to rethink everything. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like in the last, you're right. In the last six months, I've seen lots of clips of him yeah. where he he won't he he will attack both sides, which. 
I'm perfectly happy with. Yeah, I love I, it. I, mm-hmm. I told Matt this on whatever the hell episode we were on the Brizgaloff episode or whatever. Yeah, 31. It's not to me. It's not despite what my graph said last week. The the yeah. spectrum <laughs> isn't yeah. really this. It's <laughs> circle. Yeah. Far yes. left and the far right are next to each other at the bottom of that circle because yeah. they they tend to have a lot of the same traits. Yes. And yeah. they really just want to silence anyone who doesn't agree with them. Yeah. Right? When, when, and again, I think to your point, Stephen, that's such a great, great analogy because you think about that. That's only, and I, I'm convinced of it. I don't know if you guys are. I'll just put it out there. They're probably 10 to 15% of the entire population overall. I would agree with that. Both the far left I and the far right. I absolutely would agree with that. Let me, let me, I love that because that, that's mm-hmm. an analogy I've been making for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. You remember when Michael Irvin broke his neck at the vet mm-hmm. and we caught a lot of flack because, the, oh, they booed They're him. They're cheering him. And it's a guy. So yeah. And it is career. By um, way. Well, let me, let me, let me, you know, uh, yelling boo. That's a very loud audible sound, especially mm-hmm. when you're in a stadium and everything's reverberating. Meaning back off the floor. Yep. And when you have, if if let's just say ten percent of the people who were there were there to boot the injury, the other ninety percent were probably being quiet, respectfully. Oh, I hope he's not, you know, mm-hmm. seriously hurt. What are you going to hear? Mm-hmm. You are going to hear the ten percent of the idiots who were booing, yeah. and that's the exact same thing. It's it's the people on the far left and the far right yeah. are so loud and obnoxious. obnoxious. They're the ones you're going to hear all the time because yeah. they can't stop running their mouths mm-hmm. and they can't stop doing it at the top of their lungs. Totally yeah. agree. It's people, people like me, uh, <laughs> no, I just want to go with the flow, man. Just, just yeah. let me, let me, that's all I want from the government. Just let me do my thing. Yeah. One thousand percent agree. I'll even I'll one up you on that one, Steve. How about Donovan McNabb at the draft? Same thing. Yeah, thirty people. Exactly. Thirty people for, for thirty knuckleheads what, that basically went up there with Angelo Cataldi and booed yeah. him. Yeah, what's the population of Philadelphia? It's not thirty. One point five million. Yeah, exactly. It's not thirty people. But no, that's a great that's a great point because thirty idiots. No, I don't like Donovan at all. Well, just we'll just throw that out. I think yeah. He's an asshole. Um, but <laughs> personally and professionally, I do not like the dude, but he didn't deserve that. No, no, he not didn't. on draft day. And yeah. the, and the worst part about it was they weren't even booing him. No, they were yeah. it totally got, it yeah. totally got blown out of proportion. They were, yeah. they were booing because we wanted Ricky Williams. And not, <laughs> if anything, they were booing the Eagles yeah. yes, for making the selection well, for making the selection, yeah, but he, because, he, yeah. because that's what you can hear. Over, yeah. I, I, I will, I, I've been in enough fly. I've been in over a hundred Flyers games probably at this point in my life. Oh yeah. I will, I will admit you can hear booze board. You can hear, yay. Oh, absolutely. Okay? The booze are going to drown out the clapping and the cheering. Regardless yeah, <laughs> booze and shoot the puck. Even though you're going to shoot it <laughs> at his feet. You know, <laughs> that's, that's a totally different issue. Is the exactly. Of, of oh, God. Exactly. Like the rest, wrestling analogy, uh, the flip backwards to it because mm-hmm. it doesn't in wrestling it doesn't matter a boo or a cheer a pop is a pop yeah but it does matter because that's in theatrics yeah but in actual sports boos and cheers do matter yeah yeah you're not they're not going to do them at the same time yeah exactly right exactly. but that's 
you're right, Matt. I think it is 10 to 15% of the country yeah. is, is, are on the extremes, but that's who has the, the, that's who's got the lung power. That's who's got the pulpit right now. Mm-hmm. That's who you're going to hear. Yeah. Is that yeah. That's why I love your guy's show because you're not there. <laughs> well, thank you for that. That's and, awesome and, to hear. <laughs> and, and the other thing, the other, the other funny thing about that is, you know, I, I swear the, the people in the extremes, it also gets amplified because they only listen to people who have yeah, this. That doesn't of- help. That does not help. You're right. You're right on the money because it's like, again, it, you're only shutting down people that you don't want to listen to and you only want to listen to the people that you do want to listen to. And you're not getting the, the 30, like John and I pride ourselves on the fact that we look at things at a 30,000 foot view. That's what makes this podcast so much fun is because we look at it, we poke fun at people that are doing stupid stuff, like John mentioned a couple weeks ago with Lori Lightfoot. It's not that we make fun because she's a Democrat, it's because she's doing stupid things. She's writing emails that are, you know, she writes 16, uh, you know, she writes 16 words in a sentence over 16 times or whatever the case may be. And it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous and stupid and childish. Well, that was, that was part of the point of my slides last week you yeah. know the, the thing with donald trump <laughs> that it was being hilarious. viewed as a religious figure, it was great people on the extreme right to them he is like god yeah okay that he can do no wrong no matter what he does i yeah. i, I I'll, I'll confess this i am registered republican as a voter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like you know because i'm not worshiping at the altar of the, the great donald trump that i'm excluded from the party you don't know who your party is anymore and that's yeah. kind of that's some that's some bullshit right there yeah totally yeah totally totally yeah totally but agree. the people on the far left they treat they treat donald trump as like the the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the world yeah it's like orange fan bad i mean <laughs> orange fan's bad orange fan's bad he is bad but but look you know no he, he did he did stupid things he did bad things in office he was, he's a, a horrendous individual, mm-hmm. but you know, there, dumb shit. there were guys, there were guys named uh, Adolf Hitler, Joseph mm-hmm. Stalin. Mm-hmm. They it's are some bad people. bad people at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. But, but you'll hear, you'll hear the lefties invoked their names next to Trump. Oh yeah. 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 It's you amazing. Know, he's, he's just as bad as Mark Cuban and the rest yeah. of them. And the rat and Elon Musk and all that. They're they're bravado men that think they own everything because they got all the money. Like we don't know what we've we have never sat down to have fucking tea with them, so we don't know exactly what kind of human beings they are. <laughs> but what they portray in the mm-hmm. media is this hard ass, mm-hmm. um, tougher than you. Elon Musk blows up rockets weekly and still has the balls to get on TV and be like this shit's gonna work. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna work, but he does. But he does. That's that bravado. That's that. That's that. That's that. That's that weird media mentality with the anti-masculinity. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think these guys get overshadowed by yeah. that because they present themselves in a way that is not culturally appropriate. Appropriate at the time. Yes. Well, so that's that's another thing is, you know, the media pushes it this way. Mm. So 
somebody like Trump or Elon Musk feels like they need to push it even farther. This got to balance the scale, yeah. You know, and they overcompensate, and that's what happens. You get you get oh, yeah. over overcompensate over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, can, I make, can I make a valid point before we move on? Go that's for it. Get, that's how you get a fucktard like Biden in office. Yeah. yeah. That's literally one oh one getting a dude who is mentally incompetent, mm-hmm. stupid, racist, probably mm-hmm. anti-American. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, heard the he Washington establishment right. for over 45 years. Yeah, he doesn't done, done anything right in, in the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. Because now it's going to swing back and that's going to be. Yeah. And, and then it goes to DeSantis, who is also another another right wing lunatic, not saying it in a bad way. I kind of like DeSantis, but he's a right wing lunatic. He had because he goes. He's he's of the Trumpisms. He he had a slip up, no question about it, this last week where he was saying, well, I'm going to put on the full armor of God. And I'm like, whoa, time out, time out. Let's back up a little bit before we go off the deep end here. I swear to God, like the people that are running politics are trying to play in a in an adaptation of lord of the rings (laughs) like it's just it's getting annoying to the point it's like DeSantos is now running trump isms okay so now the republican party has nobody and the democrat party has nobody nobody we elected we elected an idiot you can't follow that idiot who are you gonna follow him with his fucking son (laughs) son is entertaining yes and maybe this is the constitution is run this way and maybe Trump being elected is the reason you can overthrow a shitty government in six years in the United States by using the Constitution. Maybe this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're just getting rid of all the dreck and we're just. I think. Over. I think to, to piggyback quickly off your point before we move on, John. Uh, I think that's what the again. I think that's what the founders intended. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if we were living, let's just say, in a democracy, but did not have checks and balances? Yeah. In this. In this in this five-year hell that we're living in right now with just mm-hmm. just dumbness like they can't even pass 230 it's really amazing the easiest thing to repeal yeah the section 230 yeah yeah it's the easiest thing and they can't do it and they can't do it because there's so much corruption in but like I, trump is right about one thing mm. it's a swamp oh there's no question well, that's, that's correct no he question right about, about one thing he he unfortunately toxified it further. Is, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's, take, but this is the thing. about it on the show, dude. He can't shut his mouth. This is the thing, though. It's going to take generations to do this, to undo yeah. all of this, because this has been going on. I made the point, I think, a couple of weeks ago. The administrative state has been entrenched in Washington really since the 19-teens, 1920s. It's yeah. over 100 years. It it's got, going it to take a while for this to kind of just yeah. unravel. I think, I think Kennedy's dead caused a little bit more mm-hmm. um jfk you mean yeah in the nixon era it got a little bit worse because nixon worked in two offices why would he work in two offices cia and yeah. fbi there's some things you can read on that oh like, yeah although a criminal he knew where he was being watched and where he wasn't being watched that's pretty impressive mm-hmm. if you think about looking at the administrative state trying to take over oh uh, yeah a criminal president would have to use two offices, correct? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What does that say about the White House? What does that say about the White House? You can't yeah. be a criminal in the White House in the 70s? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Why is that? Hmm. Well, another topic know. for another discussion. Did That's you know right. something then? That's my only question. Real, Go ahead, real Steve, quick. real quick. 
just to just to get back on John's DeSantis thing that he's spewing Trumpisms. Mm. Uh, I think that just reiterates our boo theory, which is mm-hmm. you know he hears the boos mm-hmm. and he thinks he thinks that means he needs to play to the boo crowd because that and, and he, he doesn't, doesn't need to and he doesn't because he's a highly Bingo. intelligent human being. Absolutely, like I like DeSantos as a person. Yeah, just because he. He took a lot of flack from national media and didn't panic or waver from Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this for TV. I'm not doing this for politics. I'm not doing it for the people. Mm -hmm. And that was you could run a ticket on that. That's very JFK ish. Mm -hmm. You know where my loyalties lie. (laughs) It's very it's very JK Jr. who should have been the president, but died in a plane crash. Yeah, that's where my politics have always been. But. Yeah, he, he. It just now. I think the media has has because this is what the media does. They're they're putting the gas on it because they have nothing left to eliminate this Republican move. Yeah, which it's got legs. Oh yeah, it's got legs. Oh yeah, there's and there's definitely waiting, to be a pushback. That, it's waiting for that one leader, and DeSantos mm-hmm. looked like that leader, and I think he's getting vilified, and I think him not being. I'd love to see Bill Maher have a conversation with DeSantos because wouldn't that be amazing? Go the other way. Yeah. You know I mean? like go, make a left, not a right. Yeah. I think all you have to do is just, again, to your point, what you mentioned before, John, just be real. Just be who just you are. Don't placate to anybody. Yeah. Just be who you are. And I think be authentic. Yeah. Let's, that's where we get, that's where I want, that's where we need to get to. That's where we really need to get to get back to center. And guys, guys, here's the solution, man. Just Mm. Illinois Smith for president 2024. Got it. The fact that you're saying that with a fedora and sunglasses on is just killing me. No, seriously. (laughs) I trust you more than any politician I've ever. Exactly. Exactly. There's a spot in the cabinet for each of you. You you haven't you haven't been the commissioner of the Tourney CL Fantasy Football League for twenty six years. This man, without, this man knows how to run a business. He knows how to run a business exactly. That's experience. Exactly. Experience there you I go. Can lean on. There you go. Exactly. We can totally run on what Trump was saying he could do just by <laughs> doing it with you know logic and understanding. Exactly. Well, let's never, let's move on real quick. Anybody? Let's move on real quick to um, yeah. Let's move on real quick to the um, to the Jim Johnson video because I mean I hate to you know pile we're almost it feels like we're going to be piling on here. No 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 this is important. But this is important uh, because my good friend John uh, has basically said I want your reaction. I want Steve and you to react to the first minute of this clip. So this is Jim Jordan in the house. So, so far we're just so going to get ready to sit back, Steve. Let's uh, let's take a listen. January 31st, 2020, at 10.32 p.m., Dr. Fauci gets an email from Christian Anderson. Christian Anderson's a British researcher who's received numerous grants from NIH. Two really important sentences are in that email, two sentences that get Dr. Fauci's attention. The first is this, the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome, so one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features look engineered. Again, this is January 31st, 2020. Second sentence, Eddie, Bob, Mike, and myself all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Email arrives 1032 to Dr. Fauci on January 31st, 2020. Two hours later, 
Two hours later, at 12.29 in the morning, Dr. Fauci sends an email to his top deputy, Mr. Hugh Oshenkloss. Guys, worked for Fauci for 15 years, part of his inner circle. Sends it, subject line says, important in all capital letters. The, he attaches a paper on gain-of-function research written by Dr. Barrick and Dr. Xi. Dr. Xi, of course, is the so-called bat lady, bat woman, the lady who does research in the Wuhan China lab. I didn't realize there was a bat woman. Mm-hmm. Why am I surprised of this quack, John? Seriously. You shouldn't be, but... No. No. I I told you, I told you those emails were important. Uh, yeah, now when we went over out. them, yes, no question about it. I, you know, Jim, I give credit to Jim Jordan for doing that. That, you know, I love the, I mean, you gotta love the the big billboard, you know, uh, you know, presentation slides that they've got. You gotta be able to read in the back. <laughs> I mean, you, you can imagine like these big poster sizes, like when we were in high school, that's what we did our presentations on. We didn't I think that's back then. <laughs> I think that's just because con the, the congressional buildings haven't been properly updated with, uh, you know, TV <laughs> screens. And yeah, so you, you still got to go with the old school. Uh, you got to go with the old school. Big old. Yeah, exactly. John, I, Steve. <laughs> You're flustered. <laughs> He's a quack. No, no, I, I understand that, but this isn't a quackness. This is liability. This is stupidity. This is just dumb Liabi stupidity. This is liability. Yeah. He had a a scientist far more, oh. far more qualified than him saying this doesn't look right. And his COVID. initial yeah. reaction is to send an email to his top guy talking <laughs> about gain-of-function research that the NIH was doing? It's, it's criminal. It's literal yeah. criminal. He's not even responding to, hey, I'll check out all strains. I'll help the American people by figuring this out. He turns around and is like, yo, hide that information because it's going to come back and bite us in the ass because I just read an email that said that we did this, but we didn't do this, but we funded it and it happened. Like, that's literally what those two That's emails. literally what happened, yeah. That's I literally mean, what they say. That you, you done fucked up and you we just told you you done fucked up and now he's covering his ass immediately. <laughs> Which you can't cover his ass because now all your emails are out and I've read them all, most of them. I'm about 2,000 in. Steve sent me a beautiful Dana Carvey YouTube video, and I wish I had it to pull up because it's really hilarious. But Dana Carvey makes the point before he launches into a terrific um, Fauci uh, impersonation. He's been doing this for 45 years. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been, he's been part of the NIH for 45 years. You would think he would have some idea of what's going on. And Carvey's launches into the impersonation of Fauci going, well, we really don't know what's going on with this virus. We don't have a clue. We were trying to figure this out and blah, blah, blah. it's constantly changing and da, 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 da. And it's like, I find myself laughing at that. And when I see that from Jordan, it's like, it doesn't surprise me because he's, um, by he, I'm referring to Dr. Quack. He's a moron. He is just a fool at this point. You can't, listen to anything that he says coming out of his mouth it's one thing or another 
you know, you get one side of the story and then you get another side of the story. And it's like, which is it? Just tell me the truth of what is going on. How hard is it? John, my God, I can't take it anymore. I think we figured it out where it is. I think I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to find out exactly where it came from. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's Hum and Steve. What do you, like, like... Oh. I don't even I don't even know what to make of it. Yeah, this. are you shocked? Are you shocked about that at all? Shocked about what? <laughs> More specific. There's a lot uh, going on here. That that Fauci receives an email. Well, we we already know. Like the email that Fauci, I think we all knew that it was it was not um it was not what they said it was. It wasn't from someone didn't need a bat and it just like evolved. Like we knew it was something at some point. Like it doesn't just move that fast. Mm. Like not being a scientist, I kind of understood that, okay, this was probably genetically modified at some point. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know any of that, but you know, it's, it's a, it's an influenza virus with an upper respiratory. Somebody changed some kind of DNA in it to make it attack a different way. Mm. I don't think anybody's shocked about that, mm. but just a blatant ridiculousness of people are still on this side and all the evidence is just popping out consistently mm. of this this came from a lab from china mm -hmm. that's why the moron president was saying china all the time this came from a lab from china it's only six words nobody's saying it mm. but what's happening is they're proving it every day yeah I think a lot of that is just driven by, I mean, this is, this is, you saw this in the NBA before COVID happened, mm -hmm. right? You know, mm -hmm. the, who was, as a matter of fact, it was, wasn't it Daryl Morey who said something about uh, so. China's human rights record and uh, yes. you know, Taiwan and things. Yeah. Houston Rockets GM. You're uh, right. Yeah. And then um, he got you know, immediately shut down by Twitter and et exactly. Exactly. And then, and then Harden wanted to leave because he backed Trump. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I remember that. Sorry, that's funny. I forgot. That was right before it's, the season started, if I'm not mistaken. That's a great. I believe it was. Because, yeah. Um, and then people like LeBron were quick to say, "Oh, China's awesome." Mm. Yeah. Never been awesome. I mean, and, you know, and and people people also have been turning it into uh, a racist thing. Yeah. Which, you know, the, and it's, you know, people of Asian descent being attacked. That's, that's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, it's not, you know, we're not blaming a person who is Chinese. We are yeah, blaming the Chinese government. Government. Yes. Who oh, is authoritarian. It's the government. It's the president. Yeah. It's the president you're blaming because he's the, he's of the communist regime. Yeah. Well, two, him and all his. Yeah. yeah. The there's the elders party. and then there's the communist regime. The communist regime is is taking over China. The elders are still there. They won't mess with them because in, yeah. in, in any culture you know, when an elder speaks, everybody sits down. It doesn't matter how badass you are. Mm -hmm. When an elder speaks, you sit down. Mm -hmm. So there's two there's two things going on there. Oh yeah. But right now they are completely under communist control. Well, so there are there's people and you know, probably Google and Facebook, I'm sure they have lots of vested interest in China. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So they're incentivized not to criticize for mm -hmm. fear of retribution economically. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, look and at then that. you have, and then you have the people who are afraid that they're going to be seen as racist by, again, it's you. We're talking about the government. Yeah, it's the government who screwed up. They kept things, whether they engineered it or not. Their response was not, you know, you know they covered up what they were doing and how bad it was. And they tried to contain least. that virus and it just it just did not happen. And it blew up in their face. It got spread all over the world and they are clearly scrambling. So clearly that's, to blame. I think and that's thankfully, mainly thankfully why. It doesn't have a death rate of something far worse. Yeah. Oh, right. Absolutely. That's, that's the one thing like everybody has to just pause for a minute and not be freaked out about everything and just like, thank God. God. Uh, it could could you imagine if this with the amount of fucktards we found out in the last six months? Could you imagine if it was an actual super duper? Like if it was a nineteen attack pandemic? Yeah. Could you imagine with the fucking idiots that we've found out throughout mm. this thing? These people can I don't even think half these people can tie their own shoes. No. No, yeah. Or if that, and if they've got Velcro the government. on. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I, you guys bring up excellent, excellent points. I think I, I will um, probably just chime in and basically just say, I, you know, I, it reminds you're right, Steve, about Daryl Morey, because that really was that was right before the season started, before the pandemic took yeah. off. And it was shocking to see a, an American sports league censure one of their own people like that. For founding an opinion, billions of dollars in China. Yeah, and it's like I didn't. I go back to like you know, or a Manfred, a Rob Manfred, one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> by the yeah, he's just like you know, changing the All Star game to go from Atlanta to Colorado because they don't like Georgia's voting laws. That doesn't make any sense. You're just there to have an All Star game. That's the the question is why are you political? exactly why all of a sudden are you political why why are why is everybody political yeah and that's not helpful that's not helpful for any sports league i don't care who you're towing again to the the extremists yeah my 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 only advice in this whole thing is when in doubt don't go political that's probably the worst thing you can do. That's the worst. Yeah. This is and th- th- just for, for forty. It's a it's an amazing episode. We got the forty. I I this bit of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears from the three of us. <laughs> working working our butts off to get here. Absolutely. Part of this this concept of two noobs talking was to put some kind of voice mm. on the internet that wasn't those morons and those morons trying to represent our dumbasses mm-hmm. in the center that actually do everything for everything. We go to work. We, we, we boost the economy because we go to target. We go to Walmart. We yeah. go to our local grocery store. We are the ones that, but it, Trump, you don't boost the economy. Biden, you don't boost the, boost economy. the economy. You talked about boosting the economy. You mm-hmm. don't really boost anything. What yeah. you do is you fear monger and mm-hmm. people, act accordingly but normal human beings that didn't freak out during the pandemic or what keeping america alive yeah yep 100 toilet paper you know <laughs> what i mean like we trust me i dude i drove all over texas trying to find toilet paper 
in the beginning of this pandemic. That's still that's still boggles my mind at the beginning days. Something, my God, of all things to take toilet paper. That's still I'll never forget that. So long as I live, I will never forget that moment. And this goes back to what Steve said: the quote about this is why we don't know anything about aliens. Yeah, because people are smart. Society is dumb. Yeah, person as simple as that. An individual can be smart, but yes. people collectively are dumb. Are pretty dumb. Yep. Yep. Well, gents, let's turn away from politics because I think that, I mean, that, it's such a great discussion, obviously. But yeah. my blood pressure taken. <laughs> let's take a Make sure it's moment. still good. Let's talk some Sixers. Unfortunately, they're not in the playoffs, um, unfortunately. Uh, thank you very much, Ben Simmons. But wow, why Mark Zumoff. Oh. Mark Zumoff announced his retirement over 20 years doing what he loved to do, what he was Actually, born was to it, do. Wasn't it over 40? I think it might have been over 40. At You're least, right. Uh, At least I, over I don't 20. Think he's, I know for sure. He wasn't announcing for 40, but I think he's been involved. Yeah, he's been, in, yeah, been he's involved been. with a homegrown talent, which you love to see. Love him to death. And is on really the Mount Rushmore of Philly sports announcers. I've made it in the, this point in pre-production. We have been entirely blessed in the city of Philadelphia Absolutely. with some of the greatest sports announcers in the history of all the sports leagues. I don't care who it is, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, you name them, we've had them, and they're all great. They've all been great, and we're going to name our top five, obviously, of all of, you know, we, we've got really five that are in there but i'm going to go to our resident sixer expert which is john john your thoughts on mark zumoff man i oh mean from God. an overall perspective the fact that you just said resident like I, I, <laughs> I know so many people with better basketball knowledge than i yeah mikey bowles uh, no, one but zumoff you know what i'll never forget about zumoff and i will tell mm-hmm. my grandkids this and i was thinking about this because i get a little emotional when people retire that are so great at what they do. Mm. Like like when Mel Reese, I'm like, I'm going to cry when Mel Reese goes away. Yeah. When Harry died, I cried. Like, because yeah. like, it's out of here, that's going to oh. live in infamy. You know what I mean? The the N1 call that Zumoff had mm. was my favorite of all basketball announcers ever. Yeah, Just when, when the dude went to the hoop, got fouled, right? And basket goes in. And he, you know, he's able to call that, you know, the N1. That's one of my favorite. Mm. That's my favorite thing he ever did. And he, mm. and, and for three is also awesome. He called Jojo really well. He yeah. called Iverson amazing. He called Iverson amazing. I would totally agree with that. Um, Steve, what are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Mr. Zumoff retiring? Zoom off just he just needs one word, man. Yes. Yeah. I hear him yell that. Oh. Uh, you know, the one of the one of the big ones was when Iverson made a steal at the end of like a game against the Wizards and put a layup in to win it. You know, that kind of excitement. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Out of Zoom off. Zoom off was 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 really into it, had a lot of energy. Uh loved it. He loved made it. Aaron McKee. Oh, like a million bucks. Yeah, he made him look interesting. Aaron McKee was he was the top, he was the top three pointer that year, but the to yeah. Steve's point, I I wasn't even thinking about that. That's hilarious. He made Aaron McKee's three point year the mm. one year where he like led the league in three points in in uh, was that in the two thousand one year? He yeah. made that fun. Yeah, yeah. 
I think the one the one thing that I loved his three call. I couldn't agree with you, John, more on that. I think what made it great for him was the pause. Yeah. That's for three. Yes, you know, and that kind of like the he has to allow for that ball to go and take its trajectory towards the basket, and when it goes through, then the exclamation, yes. I think that's the greatest part of what I'll miss about Zoom Off for yeah. sure. I don't know who's going to replace him. Oh, uh, but. You know what they were like my my point in pre-production was uh, whoever they replace him with is going to be they're going to replace him with the same kind of person. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all of them as people, they're all the same hardworking. Yeah, hone their craft. Whether it's Jim Jackson, whether it's Gene Hart, whether it's Merrill Reese, whether it's you know Harry, yep. they Harry. put the work in. They don't ever. Nobody that we've ever grown up in Philly sports has yeah. ever gave us a half-ass effort. And if exactly. they did, they weren't there that long. Exactly. Exactly. Well, some color commentators, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got some. We got some. We're going to get to that later. But, gents, yeah, I, I'm going to just ask you I this. Agree. Yeah, I'm going to give you this uh, real quick. Um, obviously, we have five. We've got Harry, of course, with the Phillies. You've got Merrill with the Eagles. Zoom off with the Sixers. I'm going to throw in Jim Jackson and Gene Hart as a tie for fourth for the Flyers. Yeah. Because I think they're equally great. Uh, we probably know great. more of Gene ja- uh, Jim Jackson than we do Gene Hart. I probably, being a little bit the longer Flyer fan, I guess, of the three of us, I don't really know. John, uh, you grew up with Gene Hart, right? Listening to yeah. him on the radio? Yeah, Gene Hart was, Gene Hart, uh, I was, oh God, I'm so old. Gene Hart was on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that was for a couple long, years that's right that long yeah. ago uh wow but yeah so let's let's talk about like if we were to rank them yeah. one to four our mount rushmore of the greatest to the least great i mean it's hard because they're all great i know but the mount rushmore is a good idea but the mount if you were to rank them from you know from the least important to the most or you know however you want to do it you know most to least important Steve, I'm going to start with you. What would, how would you rank these guys? Because again, not any one of the, you know, any one of the orders is going to be great because like they're all great. You know, you can't go wrong with any one of these. So, what would be like your order if you had to rank them one to four? Before I give my order, I just I want to preface this with, mm. um, I did not uh, gene hart was basically before my time mm-hmm. i didn't get very much time to be able to listen to him mm-hmm. uh, and by the time i really got into hockey jim jackson had sort of taken over was the man mm-hmm. but i love jim jackson jim yeah. jackson um to me growing up listening to him he is the voice of my flyers there you go um and i, I he, he and zoom off are sort of the same thing like Jackson will give you that energy and you can feel the excitement mm. when the Flyers score a big goal. Mm. You know, he's right there with me kind of really getting into it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he, and he will, you know, when the Flyers are like right now, when they're not, mm. they're not doing things right. You can sense his, I mean, th- this season, probably more than anyone I can remember in the past, he's been very vocal about them not being able to get things right the angst and the frustration you could definitely feel yeah it's philly sports will not lie to us yeah exactly like the play-by-play guys so and 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 i the complaints i hear sometimes are he's kind of a homer 
I, to to be uh, a local broadcaster, I think you have to be a bit of a homer. But I, you know, when 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 there's a penalty against the flyer that's legit, he recognizes it. Mm-hmm. If there's, I don't find him to to be one of those guys who, you know, the Flyers can do no wrong. Mm. You know, he's not one of those type of guys. And, and you know, there's there's guys like uh, in Boston, Edwards, oh, Jack Edwards. Oh my gosh! Oh. oh. Uh, you know, he's, yeah. he's yeah. think, yeah. think we're out much more here. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> he's, he's the poster child, I think to me of, uh, of homers, but yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so our episode about that. Yeah. So if you want me to rank them one to four, mm. I just wanted to preface that. So, cause Gene Hart's not on my list. That's fine. Um, I think I'd have to go Harry one, mm. uh, just because he, I, he's Harry. He, he was, yeah. The thing I loved about Harry, oh, he didn't have to talk. You know, yeah. guys nowadays they have they feel like they have to fill every Bill. empty second of airtime with talking something. Harry would just let it go. You know, you wouldn't hear anything from one pitch to the next pitch. It was great. Like, all right, here's the one zero, swinging a swinging a mess. All right, and then silence, and you could just hear that. You could hear the ballpark. Yeah, hear, that that was the point, and. You could hear him like you were talking. You could hear all that background when he was younger. The scratching of the paper, the lighting of the cigar, the yeah. drinking of the drink. They were making ba- – he made baseball a pageantry. Yeah. Yes. He did. So to me, he's he's number one. Yep. Merrill would be number two. I yeah. think he's he's fantastic. Um, and I would rather listen to him than any national – Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, yep. And his, you know, it's good is is, yeah. is gonna live on. Yeah. It's good. Is his calls for the Super Bowl plays? Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Oh, yeah. one of my favorites of all time was the '95 uh, game against the Cowboys when uh, they yeah, stopped Emmett Smith again. Yeah. twice yeah. on fourth, yeah. Yeah. fourth down yeah. in their own territory. Yeah. What made that so great is uh, that he was able to get the word again in there. Yeah. In the speed. Because the first stop, if you listen to both calls, right? Mm-hmm. So give it to Smith, they stop him, right? He's able to get in the same oh. – this is what makes Murray so great. So in great. the same rhetoric, he gets an extra word in. Oh. <laughs> and that's what I think makes that call so great. And the emotion behind that was mm-hmm. the best, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then third, Steve? Third. See, now it's between Jackson and Zumoff. Zumoff. I'm gonna give it to Jackson just because I'm a flyer guy. Yeah, you yeah. could easily, I could easily put. Zuma and you could flip him. And there's, there's nothing wrong with being fourth on this list. Absolutely. No, it's Absolutely. more of a Mount. Let's not make it a list. It's more of a Mount Rushmore. Yeah. That. I, like that's, that's a, how I want to kind of look at it. More yeah. so as a Mount Rushmore than a than a list. Yeah. It doesn't make any, but nobody's lesser than anybody. Oh my gosh, no. Like yeah. if anybody would come in here right now and just be like, Zumas won. Nobody really has no an argument. to argue that. Exactly. Oh, you like the Sixers. Okay, cool. Like that's like that's your argument. And like, let let me awesome. let me just the great Sixers announcer. Yeah, let exactly. me just uh before we forget give give some shout outs to our radio guys. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Who I think do a fantastic Scott Fransky is Fransky on the radio yeah. now and absolutely. Tom McGinnis for the absolutely. Sixers. Absolutely. It's great. Uh and Tim Saunders for the Flyers. I love Tim. Oh, absolutely. Tim See, Saunders. and we could I would totally love to do maybe in future we'll do it. Like the Mount Rushmore of the radio. Yeah you know, uh, video guys. Yeah, exactly. There's so no, I think that's things. a great point, John, because you're right. I mean, it's it's literally like, because I could give you a, a little bit of a different list. I would go Harry, and then, you know, you've probably got for me, it would probably be Gene Hart, mm-hmm. 
Then you got Merrill and Zoom. But again, it's not to diminish any one of these guys. Zoom off was fantastic. You could throw in a Sixers game and you're highly entertained. I don't care what you're doing. You're stopping what you're doing. He will draw you into the basketball game. He will, like, any three, it's like, that's what I love the one I was mentioning before. Oh, absolutely. He would draw you in, and that's what the great ones do. The great ones allow the moment to breathe. They don't talk so much. They just allow the moment to breathe so that you can catch your breath and go, yes, when that shot goes in or something like that. I mean, that's the best part of it being that, for sure. But, yeah, so let's transition from that and let's do a little role play here um talking about like if we were the lead announcer for the for the main four sports in philadelphia history you know you got the phillies you got the flyers eagles and sexers oh sorry forgot the union jp della camera there you go fantastic guy there you go Helped him on espn hockey and he does great work he does a great work with the union awesome so let's just do this. I think this is a, a great list that we came up in pre-production, and I'm just going to throw all of these names up here. Uh, as you can see, you got Andy Musser, you got Philly, you know, Lanny, Larry Anderson, Chris Wheeler, John Cruck, Ben Davis on the Eagles side. You got Mike Quick, Stan Walters, and Flyers. We came up with six, which was an amazing list: Coates, Dornhofer, Jones, Terrian, Clement, and Prop. And then the Sixers. Allah has just been amazing partnered with zoom off over the years of course eric snow malik rose and steve mix so this is a great list but who would be our color guys if we decided if we were you know given the wonderful opportunity to be the head announcer of the phillies the head announcer of the sixers the head announcer of the eagles and the head announcer of the flyers so, John, I'm going to throw it to you first, and I'm going to let you talk about John Cruck. Why do you think John Cruck would be great for you? Well, he, I mean, he's, you know, 93. Uh, yeah. Him wearing the Atlanta uniform at the All-Star game because they forgot to send it to him. He's just, <laughs> he, and he was a great baseball player, and he knows yeah. probably more about baseball than, than most. Like, even, even uh, anybody that knows anything like John Crock's on par with every single baseball head. Yeah. He just, he gets it. He gets it. He would be perfect. Yeah. I, perfect. I, I love John Crock. I think, and that Bryce Harper call is still the greatest. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Literally <laughs> the greatest reaction to a home run ever. He literally was shocked at what he saw and came up I with the greatest reaction to it. So I have a funny thing in my house. Like Bryce Harper hits a lot of home runs. So I like to just do this to my wife when I see it on Instagram that he hit a home run. I'll play the video of the crack of the bat. Mm. And she reacts to the crack of the bat all the time because it's 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 always <laughs> it's always loud. <laughs> and I think that was because that's I think that was his I think this is his best home run ever. And yeah. I think Cruck just coming out of his seat with that just shows me that he understands that moment and he would he would give and he gave mccarthy the perfect yeah the perfect call for that no doubt by freaking out no doubt about that i think for me it would definitely be la um i think my voice and his voice would go along very well on the radio uh for one thing la would have me in stitches as well with a couple of different stories i'd be like oh my gosh i i how, how can you not hold it in you know that kind of deal I think he would be my my number one pick for sure. 
Mr. Murray had an interesting selection as well. He also went with John Cruck. Steve, do you want to care to elaborate on that real quick? Well, I mean, I, I Cruck's sense of humor is just like mine. It's kind of just dry and he's 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 a fan like the rest of us. When the team sucks, he's like, Yeah, let's get come on, let's get this over with, guys. <laughs> you know. Uh he, and he's 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 honest in his his uh opinions of the team. Yep. Um and I just, I, I think he's a, I think he's a fun, fun guy. He'd be a fun guy to be around. Yeah. Uh, like John, his, Oh my God call on the, on the Bryce Harper Homer uh, was fantastic. He had another one where, where another, um, it was another Harper home run. I think he was like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> that might've been the one where they were brought, they were broadcasting like from the top of the dugout or, or, or somewhere back there. One game. I love it when they do that, when they broadcast the different areas of the stadium. That's always neat. Yeah, that's fun. But I, I, I also like Larry Anderson. I think Larry Anderson. Yeah, does yeah, Larry Anderson is, is just top notch. But yeah. John, John Crock, I, I, to be able to spend time with John Crook in the broadcast booth, I think would be just fantastic. That'd be great. If we're the Sixers, Steve Mix, John. Yeah. Let's talk a little Steve That's Mix. I grew up with him. Yeah. He just, I, and, and I, all night, all night, literally all night. Yeah. I was back and forth when we were, when we were, we were texting about like who's going to be the cop. And I, the, the only thing that Steve Mix brings is longevity. Yeah. Great basketball knowledge as well. Like just, he just, yeah. he goes back to the, the CYA days. He did mm-hmm. some funny Hill stuff. Like he brought up, like he brought up Philly best, like Kobe playing, you know, Kobe driving from Lower Marion to yeah. play, to play pickup ball in North Philly. Like he tell, he knew basketball in and out, just not the NBA. He knew, he knew basketball all the way and would tell stories that made you want to listen. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what a color commentator is supposed to. Be. He's supposed to put the color on the on the broadcast and he no totally did that because he's the one that told that kobe story mm-hmm. and he used to hang out with kobe when kobe was like 16 because kobe would drive down to play pickleball against the best of the best pickleball players in north philly because mm-hmm. he wanted to get his game better beautiful like yeah him telling that story because he was there he was there with sunny hill you know what i mean they were they were organizing <laughs> these things they were they were the fabric of basketball in philadelphia which is far better than most places oh no doubt about that yeah no doubt about that i think for me it would be Allah. i just love it with him and zoom off and Allah just brought i think so much just added that additional color to zoom off's call yeah. you know and you know all the different plays and all that kind of stuff and especially when there would be fouls that would be called and it's like are you kidding me with these fouls just that added little, you know, punch. I just, I love Allah in regards to that. And Steve, I know, I think you and I were in agreement and we are Allah, right? For you as well. Yeah. As much as I would have loved to go on with Eric Snow, because it would be entertaining to watch him fall asleep uh, <laughs> halfway through a game uh, as he did previously as a color commentator. Uh, Allah, Allah's great. He, yeah. um, he has, he teaches me a lot by of the four sports basketball is the one I have the least amount of knowledge about. And I learn a lot from listening to Allah. Yeah. And his, he's, he's fantastic. He he understands how a shooter stops and decides to take a shot. And he, Mm -hmm. and to us who don't do that ever, he, Allah is a kind of guy that can explain that. Yeah, exactly. To be like, Oh, well, that makes sense why 
Seth Curry stopped there and took the shot mm-hmm. because I was right there to explain it. That's, that's why it was like it totally like I you were I flipping didn't. yeah you won question but no for me it was it was interesting Allah played on the 92 port in the trailblazers back mm-hmm. in the day and against jordan in the finals i mean oh, he was a bench yeah. player yeah great defender great defender yeah great i mean defender. but that i mean that you know going up against jordan in the finals that's just unbelievable one thing about the eagles was we only came up with two in our lifetime was mike quick and stan walters yeah, well, and all three of us went stan walters i'd like to get Steve, your thoughts on why you went Stan over Quick? This was just another one of those tough decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I came up listening to Stan on the radio. Yep. Uh, Mike, Mike Quick is great, but Stan just sounded like one of those dudes who like worked down at the docks. <laughs> he's, he just sounded like one of us. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's the one I, I remember the slacks, hoagie shack, whack of the game. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just, I just felt I had to go with that. Just, yeah. you know, that's great. That's great. I would agree. I don't think we need to like, like spend much time on that. Like he, Stan Water is fitly played for him. Then color commentator. He worked, he, Merrill didn't have to work as hard as you he know. does quick. And that's my only reason I picked water because Merrill doesn't have to work as hard. Yeah, with uh, Stan Walters, he could let it. He could let him, and he's like he's he's like the Madden of Philly, is what I was saying in in pre production. Pre production, yep. He's the boom whap guy that yeah. teaches something about football. Yeah, like, yeah. I think he was an offensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think he was a tackle. So finally, it's the Flyers, uh, and of course, John went with Gary Dornhofer as the uh, the color guy. Uh, John, what you, thoughts on that, real quick? I'll, uh, I'll tell a quick story and then I'll explain why. So I met Gary Dornhofer once, mm. and he had the he had the two rings that he won mm. with them. And he had one as a pinky ring, and he had one as the as his ring finger. Mm. And he took them both off and let me put them on his fingers. Oh. This man's hands, and I have big ass hands, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a decent sized ring. Like my, I'm built like an orangutan. <laughs> this man's hands were three times the size of mine, and I just—he's like six two. He was like just an assuming figure. Yeah, just a great man too. Just a great mm. human being. Was mm. he would give anything to anybody in Philly? Like I think he grew up here basically with the flyers but when we were talking about color commentary he understood because he was a defenseman he understood guys like chris terrian he understood guys like yanni Ninema. he understood guys like desjardins exactly like he could bring such an understanding to the defensive hockey during the time mm-hmm. of like the 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 resurgence of flyers hockey and the left wing lock. Like he understood the left wing lock. He knew how to beat it. He understood why they used it. Mm-hmm. He could, he could explain hockey in a way that maybe not for the novice person, but for like the hockey player, mm-hmm. he broke it down. Yeah. And you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, I totally understand why, why that player is doing this. And same yeah. thing with Ala with the, with the jump shot. Why, why do you take a jump shot there? Yeah. Don't have to you- hockey with that of why the, defenseman would make a move that way yeah 
Yeah. I'm glad you followed up with that explanation because the way you started out, it sounded like you were picking your color guys based on the size of their hands. <laughs> no, I was, I, I was blown away. Like just how big he is. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just crazy. Like he was huge for playing back in those days. Mm -hmm. You were maybe six foot. He was, he had to be six, two, six, three. That's amazing. Just yeah. a Montreal, Montreal, just juggernaut of a man. Just a beast. Imagine playing against that dude. He probably beat the hell out of you at 70. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For me, it was. Yep. For me, it was. I mean, Keith Jones. I mean, my God. I mean, you can't go wrong there. Can't okay. go wrong there. For one thing, uh, again, I, I think about it like uh, being paired with L.A. I would be in stitches with this guy, you know, with Keith Jones, uh, with all kinds of funny stories and all that kind of stuff. I you know try to hold it in. I don't know how JJ does it, but it's it's really. They're a great pairing, Jackson and Jones, and it's like you know, Absolutely. you can't go wrong. I mean, been there. He's. Won a cup with the you know Colorado of course, but he also you know came here when we were really good as well back in the mid to late nineties and all that kind of stuff and into the two thousands. So no question, Keith Jones would be my selection. Steve went with, and I can't go wrong with this. I mean, Bill Clement, my God, Steve, go ahead, take it, man. Uh, I love Keith Jones. I, I did the, everything you just said is is absolutely correct. I love the job Chris Terrian did when he was working the games. Uh, and I love Gary Dornhofer and, and the other guys we had on the list were also great too. But Bill Clement to me is, is like a warm blanket. Yeah. You, you hear that voice and it's, you, you learn, you feel comfort that things are going to turn around and go your way. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the, there's a story I want to get into. Um, I just, this past week, I was watching a video and not a video. It was actually a, um, an interview by uh, Jason Martinez was interviewing Eric Lindros. Uh, it was if you, you should check it out because Lindros had some really great things to say. Mm. Um, but they played a clip of when Lindros first went back to Quebec with the Flyers mm -hmm. uh, after you know the the whole deal where he had told him that he didn't want him to draft him, mm -hmm. and uh, he scored a goal, and Clement was the color guy on the on the call. And he said something along the lines of, well, that's showed them where they can shove it up their uh, pacifiers. <laughs> yeah, that's, what it was. The, that's one way to shove it up their pacifiers. Something yeah. like that. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. That's a great call. Yeah. Bill, Clement, Bill Clement was awesome, whether he was doing Flyers games or doing national, uh, yeah. you know, back with ESPN or uh, yeah. NBC. You know, he, he was good. He, did great he work. was good with Thorne, too. Oh, yes. He, he was, was, yeah. With Thorne, yeah. Yeah, not one of my national favorites. No doubt, no Absolutely. doubt about that. Yeah, it's like His, when we did have National Hockey Night together, you knew it was a big game, and yeah, they did a phenomenal job. It was it. always like Detroit or or Colorado, Colorado or yeah, so us. Bill, or, yeah. Oh yeah, doing that. Bill Clement for me was was is great, and his retirement last year was oh I kind know. of depressing as well. Yeah, so, great human. Yeah, exactly. You you know you would like. If you had the opportunity to meet Bill Clement, you yeah. would walk out of there going like, wow, that guy's just a great human being for sure. No doubt about that. Well, gents, it's uh day before Independence Day. Um, and of course, wanted to wish both of you a very happy July 4th uh, with your family and all. Uh, of course, I wanted to kind of just show this quick little photo of my father yeah. down at the uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington. Uh, he was able to place a wreath there at a ceremony uh, the gentleman in brown is a 96-year-old World War II veteran. I keep thinking, my God, 96. Yeah. Crazy. And he's sharp as a tack. Look at all, those, my dad. Look at all those medals. 
91-year-old uh, here on the right-hand side of the screen, a Korean War veteran. So, and again, He's both 80. sharp, just amazing that they're both in their early to mid-90s, still living in this great country. And, of course, Dad's there. Second time he was down there to, to lay the wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Um, kind of gives a little bit of perspective. You know, we've always had, like, these ridiculous people that, you know, get all the press and attention of throwing a hammer, you know, and, or a shot put and getting third place and she turns her back against the national anthem and, oh, my God, oh, she's making a big stand. I think these three gentlemen right here super exceed this woman that came in third place throwing a shot put hammer. I don't know about you guys. I agree. I agree. But, but this uh, is, this these guys reality. are true heroes. I don't know about that, but, yeah, I, yeah. This is the reality of, of the world. It's great that your dad was down there, and that's just awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. These, these guys, these guys went to war for a country that allows somebody like that to make, yep, a you know political statement like that, and for you know, and I'm all for I'm all for for political statements like that because of gentlemen like that. that yeah, you know, like that's that's what it's it's the that's the even flow the ebb and flow of everything. Yeah, like it really is because you know, I just rather put more focus on the media to them. Yeah, it's that are trying to make a statement. They're trying to make a statement. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, gents, that wraps up episode forty of Two Noobs Talking. My God, this has been great, Steve. Again, thank you so much for joining John and me on this very special episode of Two Noobs. Thanks I guess for it's having three noobs talking. We will see more of Steve. Trust me. We will be seeing more of Steve, of course, in the very near future, including a very special interview. We're working on it for that. We're going to work on that, but stay tuned for that. But let's dive into the shameless plugs. And I think John, you've got the floor, man. I think right. Yeah, I'm going to do. I'm going to do socials as we were talking about. So we are on Facebook, not really. Um, (laughs) We're not even on Twitter, Uh, TikTok, Clapper, and Instagram is mostly Instagram Reels is where you can find our short videos that'll lead us back to our main YouTube channel, of course, and our YouTube. Uh, channel just you know has over it's now going to be over close to 40 videos all of our episodes are on there we encourage you to of course like and share our videos and definitely subscribe to our channel as well and on the audio side i believe mr murray has that on the audio side you can see us on apple podcasts you got google podcasts google chrome iHeartRadio. I say Spotify you say sucks (laughs) Podbean go for it there you go. And of course, our show notes. Our show notes are right here. They're a little light. They're still pretty loud, pretty hefty. You can find them at twonoobstalking.wordpress.com. And again, if you enter in your email address, bam, oh, those show notes show up in the your inbox the very next day. So that's it, gents. Episode 40 is in the can. Into the rabbit hole it goes. John, got anything final to say, bud? I don't know. Steve, you got anything to say? I don't know, Matt. You got anything to say? Well, I'm definitely not going to go down a rabbit hole. I'm telling oh, you right now. There There's go. a rabbit down there. <laughs> exactly. Talk to y'all next week. Take care. This country was founded by genius, but it's being run by a bunch of idiots. Why do the members of the United States Senate continue to double down on stupid? <laughs>